Time for another edition of DJ and Yak Soccer Talk. RSL coming off a 3-1 win at home over New York City FC. Yak, who should I be today? Should I be wildly (laughs) upbeat, positive, energetic, or should I be the ghost of Christmas past? Bah humbug. Okay, are we negative? Are you going back to the Philadelphia? No, I'm not going to tell you which. You have to decide which I am, and then we'll take the comments, which I believe are all rooted in truth. You just pick the portion of truth you like or the portion of truth you don't like. Let's go with Bah Humbug first. Oh, look at you. You want me to go negative? Yeah, let's go. All right, Bah Humbug right out of the gate. That was a nice win, but New York is a totally different team without Maxi Morales. He plays a half an hour in the All-Star game. Mm -hmm. They're playing three games in eight days. They've got a critical game at the end of that stretch with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Big game in the Eastern Conference playoff Absolutely, race. they got yeah. a midweek home game with Houston, too, which is totally winnable, and you can't mess those points up. So when you look at the All-Star game and three games in eight days, what are you going to sacrifice? Altitude Hi. on the road, two time zones. Now, yeah. I was told, I didn't see him, but I'm up in the booth on the fourth floor, so I'm not you know down in the hallway. Yeah. But I was told Morales was with the team. So he was there. I don't understand why they made him fly and it's dehydrating and it messes with your sleep. Leave him in New York if he's not going to be in the 18 and he wasn't in the 18. So I don't get that. But nonetheless, that wasn't a full-strength New York City FC team. Nor is it a team in good form. They have a great record. but And they lost once early in the year, but they've lost three of their last five MLS games. And if you throw in the Open Cup loss, they've lost four of six. Mm-hmm. So they're hitting a tough run of form without the guy who leads them with 13 assists, which is a massive number. Oh, yeah. He's, like 13 he, assists, that's a really good year. He keys and we're in out, early yeah. August. Yeah. He, he's been a revelation for that club, and they did need him. There's no doubt about that. And, and on top of that... Although it was a really good win, mm-hmm. I can't spin that. I mean, it was three points they really needed, and they went and got it. Correct. So I can't go bah humbug and spin that. But in the process, Everton picks up the yellow card. He's going to be suspended yellow card accumulation. He's not playing a sporting KC. Mm-hmm. Beckerman and Rusnak, two Ironmen, two guys, show no weakness, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they both come off, and they both come off a little gimpy. They took a knock. Yeah. And it wasn't clear. Someone told me it was a foot with Kyle, but it looked to me like he was holding the, the butt or the hip. Yeah, you he know? was kind of up towards his hamstring. So hamstring, right? that's yeah. what I thought when I saw him. So I don't know, like, is the foot misdirection? Yeah. Or is it just minor? I mean, it got stepped on, but, you know, that's not going to matter next week. Well, weekend. him and Alexander Ring had their little tussle. In the they went at it. Yeah, they went at it the whole game. <laughs> that was awesome. Um and then with Rusnak, we know he had an issue. He missed a game, and he had you could see the tape he had on his knee. And well, then he also had the ice on it once he came And then off. he had the ice on the field when mm-hmm. he was sitting on the bench. So you wonder, okay, what's up there? As RSL gets ready for three and eight days of their own. Correct. So that win came at a cost. It did, and that's that's kind of the tough part about it. So I, I was going to bring that up is that you won this game. Good win. Like you said, you can't take that away from them, but at what cost now? Because you have to go on the road now to Sporting Kansas City, and then you've got two tough home matches, like I said, in that three-day, three-match and eight-day stretch. And if you don't have Albert Rusnak, Beckerman, you know, we don't, you know you don't have Everton Louise for at least this first game at Sporting KC, that thins your midfield significantly. And now who's going to kind of be the linchpin that helps push things forward? Do you move Jefferson Savarino into that number 10 role that Albert likes to play and trust him to continue his playmaking ways? Do you 
I uh, hope that Nick Beasler can be the lone guy out there if Nick and Everton are unavailable. It makes for an interesting situation with how the lineup's looking going forward. I have an obvious answer. I don't know why more people don't pick up on this. Okay. They need to clone Demir Thrylock. Well, okay, now, that'd be great, yes. They've got, they need him in three spots because they can put him in the middle, leave Jefferson out on the right side where Jefferson has been killing it. Correct. To the tune of, you know, is he going to get moved in the transfer window? Is somebody in Europe going to pay Rumors four, four and a half, five million? million? Yeah. What's the number? What does RSL really want for the number? Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously if they move him and they're making a playoff raise, that's a problem. At the same time, five million to reinvest into players it's not could be tasty. <laughs> it's, 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 no, it's not nothing. Can't so yeah, go negative on that. Yeah, so that would be interesting. And you're right. They do. If they could clone Demir Krylak, they could use yeah two or three of him out well, there. Well, they could use him alongside Beasler. Correct. They could use him in place of Albert if Albert can't go mm-hmm. in the ten to keep Jefferson where he is. And they could use him up top because yeah. there is something about him combining. I was talking with Freddie Juarez, who's the uh, acting head coach. Correct. Was uh, Petke serves as suspension, longtime assistant. Was with the Monarchs before he was mm-hmm. Petke's assistant. And um, he was talking about the game in Dallas. He said Krylock had eighty touches. He said, on the road, that's an enormous number. Yeah. That's him checking back into the midfield, overloading it, helping him break yeah. that down. It's him checking back up top, letting guys get in behind him. He says, 80 touches. He's just so involved in the game. And we're getting a lot of touches. And it's not the back four just switching sides, which is useful and valuable and all that. But, I mean, you're getting forward. You're getting yes. Demir involved. 80 touches. And he said a normal number. He says, if you told me the number was going to be 50, I would have thought, oh, that's a pretty good number. He says, if you told me it was 60, I would have thought, we're having a good night. He says, 80 is just off the charts. Now, the finishing wasn't there, so they get no goals to only Correct. get one point. But you're still, you're playing the right way. You're the aggressor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for all the negatives against New York City FC, and did I leave anything out or did I pretty much cover it? I think you got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there were a ton of positives. The number one thing, and I said this multiple times on the broadcast, and it still blows me away. The amount of pressure they brought. Beckerman said in his halftime interview, so we got him pinned back. We got to keep him there. They pretty much kept him there for 80 yes, minutes. they did. And New York City wanted to build out of the back. And the deeper New York City dropped, RSL had the confidence to yeah, just, just go with them. To the point, the outside backs were like five yards off the end line. Mm-hmm. And guys were walking right up next to him like, go ahead, yeah. beat me. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, and that that was that that was probably my favorite thing to take away from this match is the fact that RSL did just the pressure was mm-hmm. incredible in this match. It was the best defensive effort I think I've seen, and they've had a good run here. You've mentioned it multiple times on this podcast how their run since that break mm-hmm. has been stellar. I think this is the best of all of those efforts, despite the early. I goal. don't remember seeing them sustain high pressure for that long, even at home. I mean, on the road, you bring it for yes. a few minutes, yeah. and after the opening 15 or whatever, you know. But, I mean, it's just, it was relentless. Yeah, It was absolutely. just relentless. And that's asking a lot. How many times can you ask? There's a cumulative effect, mm-hmm. you know, to play in that hard, especially when you have three games in eight days. But It'll wear on give you. me more of that. Yes. It's, it's the most, to me, it's the most fun. I mean, Barcelona had a team, I don't know, was it three, four years ago? Like, they lost the ball, oh. and they would win it back. I mean, seriously, I remember watching them play Man U once, and Man U seriously could not possess the ball for five seconds. Yeah, It, well, it was just, you just started counting. One, 
to yeah. and they gave it away. Well, it even harkens back to some of the RSL teams under Jason Christ because that midfield at, at some points during they were, his tenure, they were really good at hunting in packs. They, they would, were really they good. Get, they yeah. get that ball and they take it right back away right. from you. But we haven't seen that in like no. seven years, it's been, six, it's seven been years, and those guys yeah. are gone. Most yes. of them. I mean, Beckerman's still here, but most it, of the rosters turned it's been over. Turnover, yeah. So yeah. that's impressive to see these guys out there pressing like that. You, you, you are right. You. Can you keep that up over three matches in eight days? Probably yes, not. Please. Yes. You'd no, like you it, can, but you, know. you can't. So, But if you can use it in spurts. Right. Because they not only forced the turnovers, they won so many second balls. Correct. Yeah. You know, you see Sean Johnson play so many balls to the mm-hmm. center circle, and you'd see Justin Glad or Silver, whoever, they go win step it. in front and win it. Or uh, even if it was kind of 50 50 and both guys get a piece of it. Mm-hmm. And the ball's pinging around, and it was RSL who it seemed like you know seven or eight times out of ten ended up with possession. Yeah, so. and and that that first goal was off a, a situation yes, it like was. that. Yeah, three guys in a row heading the 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 ball. The the buildup was sensational. Mm-hmm. It's just so much more fun to watch. Oh yeah, because the whole layback is just kind of like well nothing's going to happen here. You know it's boring. It's like when you lose the ball and the pressure's there immediately. And there's a goal kick, and you bring it like it's on right away. Is this team going to turn the ball over and somebody going to walk in on the keeper? True. And, and so it's like something, it always feels like something's on the verge of happening. It's just an entertaining style, and I wish more teams would do that as opposed to well, yeah, the, drop back, park the bus, and wait to counter. Yeah, there's these stretches of matches where you're like, okay, this yeah. is boring. <laughs> and the, well, you said, you, going back to Demir, the 80 touches. Mm-hmm. What he kind of does is he brings the pressure from wherever he's at on the field. He is not afraid to go chase that ball and go turn it over. And that's a credit to him because he could very easily, playing up top there, say, okay, you know what? I'm going to go back this far into the midfield. If I don't get the ball, I'm pressing back up top. But he does drop back, and he chases that ball, and he wants to get it back. It's I think it's a credit to kind of how he plays the game. I think guys learn from his example off that. I think one of the things in this game, and Albert said this right, he talked about how getting the first goal, when oh. we don't get yeah. it, he st- the number of chances we have and we can't finish and it just gets worse and worse. He says if we get an early goal, then suddenly it just feels like the pressure is off and it's like Philadelphia, we just finish chances all the time. And he said that in the lead up to this game and sure enough, yeah, three goals. Well, Got an w- early goal in the first half. And they went down early though and... This is the first time RSL's battled back to win a game when they've given up that first goal. So it is a credit. Yeah, that Albert talked about that. The the club responded in that way. I, I would like to see them. I, I yeah, I did like seeing that first goal. You get that goal early, and it really you could tell that team just finally settled in. And I think that also helped contribute to them being like, yeah, okay, you guys want to drop deep, play out of the back. Yeah, we'll press, press, press until you guys can't handle it anymore. I think that helps them just understand. Okay, yeah, we're in this. Let's start pressing these guys and see what we can do. And I have to say, the goal from Albert Rusnak. Spectacular. What a rocket. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, he crushed it. My, my wife. Did you see it in slow mode that it yes. was knuckling, yes. too? There was oh, yeah, no it, spin on the ball. Just, there was, was no, no backspin, no topspin. It was just. Let the, let the wind do what it wants with it. And my wife was watching the match with me, and she, she thought Dunny was going to, like, fall over and die with his reaction to it. But it was it was a phenomenal, phenomenal strike. It reminded me of the one he had against L.A. There was a half volley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, he just similar. picked that thing yes. out of the air and hit it so clean. And as Dunny says, so hard. he doesn't need to hit it with his laces. He can hit it with almost any part of his foot, it feels like, and put the power on it. And see, this is, and this is a separate discussion, yeah. but we'll do the mini discussion here. And it's <laughs> okay. like, to me, and this is why it drives me nuts when I hear people say, uh, 
the U.S. won't be good at soccer internationally until we get our best athletes playing soccer. Now, mm. there's nothing wrong with upgrading your athleticism. Correct. It's a positive. Mm-hmm. If you can be a little faster, great. And I really think the one place it really measures in, or it would really make a difference, is if they had the six-six NBA small forward okay. as a center back. Oh, you can run like the wind. Yes, but you literally win every header. That every would be set phenomenal. piece yeah. is a nightmare. So okay, I can see the role for upgrading athleticism, right? Correct. But the biggest difference, oh yeah, is technical quality. Well, I mean, Rusnik kicks a ball. We literally don't teach kids to kick the ball right. <laughs> yeah. What he does is right. The way everybody in this country is kicking it, it's a, it doesn't look like that. It's a formulaic thing, yeah. So somehow we're we're just not we're not striking the ball right. The ability to make the ball do what you want when you want. Mm-hmm. Well, Christian Pulisic is the is the poster child of what you're talking about. But there's only one of him right now in the U.S. talent pool, and he didn't come up in the through the. He US went over right. to Europe yeah. for what a decade? It feels like. So you're right. There there is a there's a almost a shift in have i told the story in the podcast about demir krylock and that goal in la last year no i don't think you have actually okay so that he scores the goal Uh with that karate kid the crane crane thing right and everyone's blown away the announcer loses his mind i think it was an espn game right i can't remember who it was was it dark it it might i can't remember either so the announcer loses his mind afterwards kyle beckerman now kyle beckerman's done a million interviews Mm -hmm. right and he can suck the life out of anything and make it seem like it's not a big deal. We're just playing soccer. On to the next one. Never True. get too high. Never get too low. You know. And he's just right. So he's not going to be amazed by anybody. He gets asked about that in post game, and he doesn't even come up with words. He starts giggling. Oh yeah, he just started. Yeah, he just started giggling. Right, and he took him a minute to compose himself. And like Kyle's done a million interviews, mm-hmm. so for that to happen to him, he thought that was an extraordinary goal. Correct. And then. I'm told that uh, by someone who talked to Dami, you know, okay. how'd you do that? How'd you? And I don't want to get into who it was, and you'll find out why in just a second. Okay. And Dami's like, well, it's no big deal. Man. We practiced that and trained all the time at the academy when I was a kid coming up. That was just something we had to do. Was... <laughs> Hold on. So I have Mike Pecky on the air, okay. and I say, Dami says you just practiced that. And he's like, well, then their academies are way in front of our academies. Well... <laughs> They are. <laughs> they are. And again, it comes back to how do you kick the ball? And Krylock scored earlier this year against somebody in the south end a similar deal where the ball was awkward. It was right oh, in yeah. front of him. And he, and he finished it. Yeah. Uh-huh. But he was off the, the far post. Correct. Uh, on t- if you're watching on TV, he was off the far post and he finished it into the side net on the near side. But it's... Took a deflection. I it, can't remember who it was. It goes back to, yeah. like you said, if that's what they're practicing... So really, are we kicking the ball right here in the U.S.? Probably not. You know, and Jordan Morris, I watched the Sunday night game okay. and he scores yeah. two goals. Mm-hmm. Awesome athlete. Absolutely. Speed. Speed, 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 and right. great finishing ability. But we need the combination of tremendous athleticism and crafty as all get out. That's going to take some time. Okay. Well, that's what's <laughs> separating us from being the best in the world. That's what it is right there. And okay, here's the thing. And don't we're not trying to bash on this. There's all credit to guys like Deloitte Hansen who have invested millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars into these academies. It's now just a matter of getting the right coaching in place and getting a they, they know that and getting a generation They're, of kids who are playing this and learning what you're just talking they, about. They've been looking in Europe for the right person to lead the academy. Good, and then that'll you know go down through coaching all the guys and good. I'm uh, glad there's. 
there's uh and I don't know if they've made a decision or not, but I know there's a short extent, list. Not, well, I I know there's a shortlist there, and I don't know where they're going with that. And okay. I also know that they're looking for players in Europe and having conversations. And there's a guy they're talking to now who's kind of off the radar, but they like him. And just, I know extended family. Okay. Um, it's, it's a fluky deal that I know someone. <laughs> it's <laughs> really, okay. it's really fluky. So, I, and I don't know how that's going to play out. So they're looking, they know. That the academy, the building has taken it to one level, but now they need to jump to another level, and then they need to jump to another level. Well, I think it, it, just a, one club that I think it kind of says what that's going on with is uh, FC Cincinnati. They just hired their new head coach, Ron Yans. Most recently, was running the FC Groningen Academy, and you probably know that name because that's where Albert Rusnak came from right. to RSL. Well. I think FC Cincinnati kind of sees the writing on the wall in their own right and says, this guy's been running an academy in Europe. He's been coaching there forever. He played top flight U- European soccer. He might give soccer. us access to talent. He might be able to develop talent. Right? And he can yeah. help bring that mentality. So Dunny made a really good point, and he hit it really hard, and I still don't know if it got hit hard enough. Okay. That So for all the flaws, right? I mean, Rusnik kicks a ball, and it just look, it explodes off his foot differently than it explodes off everybody else's foot. Yes. And it's sensational. When you see it, it blows your mind. I mean, you can mm-hmm. just see, like, I'm losing my mind. Dunny's losing his mind. If you go back and watch the video, look at the people behind the oh. goal. People who sit there all the time, who've seen a lot of just goals. jumping out of their seat. Yeah, yeah. because the ball went from his foot to the back of the net. It's, they don't see that. They go to yeah. games all the time, and it blows them away. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, you know, so. Um, and now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> you got me thinking about the goal again. Sorry. No, that's okay. Back up. Well, what were we talking about? Well, we were talking about just the the mentality of getting this new generation of soccer player that has the unbelievable athletic Oh, yeah, ability. yeah, yeah. And so the point Dunny made during the game. Yeah. Wow, that was a senior moment. I hated that. All right. The point Dunny made during the game was, you know, they've invested in all these young academy guys. Mm-hmm. And look how many young academy guys they're playing. Correct. And, you know, Herrera came up through the academy. He's been critical this year. Donnie Toya came up through the academy, traveled the universe, and is back. Justin Glad mm-hmm. came up through the academy. Corey Baird got the start, came up through the academy. Correct. Uh, Bofo comes in as a sub. Mm-hmm. They've been really good when he started, but he didn't start in this yeah. one. Uh, part of that was I think they wanted Corey's speed for the pressing. Not only to be able to go up and press the end line, close down guys a heartbeat, also, but then turn around and back press, correct. which worked multiple times. And when I heard it, I was kind of like, yeah, but then I saw it, I was like, well, called your shot there, Freddie. You got it. <laughs> got that. Um, and so, Dunny's point is that it, there's been a lot of frustration and there's a lot of woulda, coulda, shouldas over the last two years, and there have been some, as he likes to say, naive performances on the road, <laughs> okay. where they've given up three or four goals, but is it all paying off? Is it all paying off? Stuff is clicking for them individually and then collectively as a group. That it's all starting to click because that performance in Dallas, the finishing wasn't there, maybe the last piece of the puzzle, but everything else was there in Dallas. The possession was there, the defensive mindset was there, the ability, you know, to stay locked in and not have a yes. letdown in a way San Jose was like, you know, oh you know, one graduate class lesson in yeah. you were really good for ninety two minutes, but man, that last and then that last sixty was a killer, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So is it gonna pay off going forward? Because there's some huge tests coming up. There's still a lot of home games, which Correct. is great, but if you got Seattle coming in, if you got LA coming in both LA's both LA's coming in. Colorado, you got some tests. Better. Some stuff that's happened in this playoff race has been kind of predictable. Mm-hmm. I thought all along, and I actually said it on the air and shocked Dunny because he thought he was going to get it wrong. We were doing it early in the year. 
contenders, pretenders kind of thing. Okay. And the teams that we had out, you know, the Colorado and the Vancouver, they, they, they've been out and they stayed out. Although Colorado's been a lot better, and that they are still coming in. Yep. Not a gimme, but one they really need to win. Yeah. And LAFC has pulled away. But i got to say, Seattle stayed in the race for second and will not drop below the playoff line, which is what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. But the Galaxy are taking on water. They are. And, Minus four in the goal differential. And it feels a, a little bit like the end of last year, only earlier, where there's something dissension-related – and, you know, with Zlatan, they, they're rubs guys the wrong way. Yeah. And nobody really wants to come out and go at him because actually a lot of what he says is true. He is better than everybody, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't lead to the energy you need to grind through the dog days of the season. Correct. And I can't believe, based on what I thought, you know, six weeks or two months into the season, that RSL sits here in August only three points behind the Galaxy. Now, they're only three points in front of the Timbers. Correct. Who are below the playoff line. Correct. So it's not like it's all done. Mm-hmm. But you're three points behind the Galaxy? You're only four points behind the three pack te- three three teams that are tied for second. RSL has better goal differential than the Galaxy? Yeah. By a significant margin? It's six goals now? Yeah. That's surprising. No, you're right. The Galaxy taking on the water like they have has not been... Well, okay. It's been surprising. But you're right. Towards the end of last year, there was something that happened, and it feels like it's happening again. Right. Only earlier. Yeah. Now it's happening in August versus October. In the last 45 minutes, they should have been in the playoffs, and RSL should have been out. (laughs) And they completely messed it up and gave up three goals at home. True. Got themselves knocked out and put RSL in, and then RSL shocked LAFC. Mm -hmm. And played pretty well against Sporting. So... All right. Well, that's what I was thinking this week. Yeah. There you go. Oh, there was one other thing I heard. Okay. This is totally off the radar, but this is how all-encompassing these coaching and GM's jobs are. And it doesn't really matter if it's college or pro and if it's soccer or basketball or football or whatever. Regardless. Of yeah. all the things they're worried about. And there's something they're worried about right now. And I've heard no one talk about this. And they're trying to address it. Worried isn't the right. Worried suggests that it's out of your control. But there is a, a potential flaw with the team. Concern. It's a concern. Okay. They haven't been hurt by it yet, but they could be. All right. And they're working to address it. And it's like, of all the stuff that the fans and the media talk about, I haven't heard anyone talk about this. And, but it goes into, like, when you're in the inside and it's your life and you're thinking about everything and all the possibilities. <laughs> Every possible right? outcome. And so, Yak and I do the radio show, if you don't listen on The Zone, with yeah. PK, right? And PK hates it whenever anyone uses an injury as an excuse. True. Now, sometimes it's a reason, not an excuse. But, you know, there are other times where if you know there's a potential problem, you don't fix it. Well, then it's not a reason. It is an excuse. Yeah. And a position where they're really thin and they're trying to address it, and I don't know if they'll be able to, and I don't know who they will address it with or what level, is left back. And the outside backs in general. Yeah. They're paper thin there. They got three. And they're rotating those three through the two different positions. And the only way, and so Toya's the starting left back, Mm -hmm. and so Herrera who at right back has been really good, has to move over to left back because he's the backup. Yes. So if Toya's out for any reason, injury, suspension, whatever, Tony it hurts you at two positions. Tony Beltran, where have you gone? <laughs> yeah, right. So I just physically, just the knee hasn't been right and he hasn't. But so, you're so right. So they, they, yeah. they need another left back. They need one now, more, yeah. are they going to try to bring in someone to compete with Toya, you know, and push both guys, or maybe just someone to back up Toya? Or do you go out and try to get someone better than Toya under the theory, if you're not upgrading, you have to upgrade in MLS just to stand still? Uh, yeah. You know, this is unlike other leagues where, you know, in the NBA and the NFL, all the best players are in the league. Correct. But this is in the world market. You don't have the best players here. Right. And as more money floods into the league... Can you go out and find somebody? 
well, everybody else is finding somebody better, so you're going to have to defend better players, so you better get better defenders. So you have to keep upgrading. Now, what's the price tag on that? Who's available right now versus who will be available in the offseason? Can you get through the season? I mean, Toya's been an Iron Man. Yeah. But, but you know, you're playing with fire. It's so easy. Oh, yeah. One, to have some one knock, one you know, one sprained ankle, one mm-hmm. pulled hamstring. One, it's well. So, and the funny thing is, left-footed left backs mm-hmm. are like left-handed pitching in Major League Baseball. It's at a premium, so you have to pay for it, right? And they're lucky that Donnie Toya is left-footed, plays left back, and he he's like you say, he's been an Ironman to this point. Man, going to find a guy that you feel like could either push him or be better than him it's a, there's a premium that goes on to purchasing that player and that right. would be an interesting situation of okay can we get this guy and then what price it, but you you are correct i have and watched it's the that. wild it's the wild wild west because everybody's looking these, for a really good left footed left back these so, agents are insane but it just goes to show you all the things you got to think about because there's like 50 things to oh, think yeah. about and we talk about them and other media members talk about them but, and fans talk about them and tweet at us about them <laughs> And then you got this thing over here, which is potentially a massive deal. We're not focused on it. And the funny thing is, the tr- the third back, like the f- third back in that rotation, right. is a former attacking player who might be better up in an attacking position. So if somebody <laughs> says, "Hey, here's your four and a half or five mil for Savarino," do you do it? It hurts you in the attack, but could you turn around and go immediately go get a left back now as we get to the end of the window? This seems like that gets harder to do because it seems like nothing gets done quickly. No. But maybe they behind the scenes they got, you know, if you got eighty percent of the pieces in if, place. If you have the money, see what you can do. But like you said, that window's closing up this week and that's gonna make it real tough to do a yeah. quick turnaround if that does come And I don't know that Severino's going anywhere. I mean it may well be to come out the end of this with the where he's still on the team. Yeah, the the team you see is is yeah. What it is. is the team. Yeah. It is what it is. What it is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, but you're right. It, it, that is one that I you you brought it up, and you're absolutely right because you're three guys for two positions, and if one of those guys or two of those guys go down, all of a sudden you're staring at a bleak situation at, at the very minimum. I know guys like Justin Glad have played outside back at the national team level when they've gone on international duty, but you don't want to force him into extended action at one of those spots. Well, and you don't want to move one of your starters exactly. somewhere. All right, so Houston, Dallas, and the Galaxy fading a little bit here. RSL, San Jose, Portland, and Minnesota all making strong moves. And those four all making it back on defense. I don't know if you saw the numbers we put up in the in the Correct. pregame show, but yep. those four teams since the goal cut break all giving up less than a goal a game. Yep, and that's a recipe for success. Big time, absolutely. All right, thanks for joining us here. DJ and Yak Soccer Talk, Sporting Kansas City. No Everton, and then we'll, uh, as we record this, it's Monday, so obviously a long long way before we'll know anything about uh, Albert and, uh, we'll and Kyle. You. Yep. All right, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week.